The following is a Pro Football Network podcast. The primary voice for pro football at profootballnetwork.com. Well, Teddy, we have you on at a at a pivotal time because if there's anyone who knows about Championship Sunday, it's you and those guys up in New England. They know they know a thing or two about champ- playing on Championship Sunday. Um, but first, before we get there, the divisional weekend, Teddy, was unlike anything I can remember in my lifetime. And you, as a player, um, what was that like for you watching those those four games? Uh, just mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been through some pressurized games before, but to to have all four of them end like that in the walk off fashion was. I mean, usually we get one of those, you know, but yeah. to have all four, it was just incredible to watch. I just could. I was just living with those players every single play about how important every tackle was, every pass, every completion, everything, and you could just feel the pressure coming through the screen. So. I mean, I don't play anymore, but I'm an analyst, but you can still feel as a fan and an analyst just the the enormity of the moments. Yeah, and, and you know, we're, we're talking about this weekend as Championship uh, Sunday, and Teddy has a thing, like you can get three hat and t-shirt games in a season. Oh. Yes. Get, there you go. We got a hat and t-shirt game coming. What is, up, what so. is that? What, what is yeah, that? The sets. I mean, that, you know, we know athletes, we get paid money and all that stuff. There's some about games where you get a free hat and t-shirt in your locker if you win it. You know, and you hope to get three sets. The 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 uh your 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 division set and then uh the conference championship set and then of course okay. the Super Bowl set. So hat and t-shirt game this week whenever we were on it was like this is a hat and t-shirt game for you know a chance to win your division the conference or the super bowl and it, it just excites players see okay. athletes are so simple right just give me a give me something free give me I something know. free and i'm I, extra motivated that's all it takes that says that. <laughs> accomplish something in a t-shirt and we're gonna feel good about well, it well yeah. teddy now i gotta ask you like do you still have your hat and t-shirts from all the all the championship uh all those t-shirt and hat games for you Everyone, 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 yeah, everyone, everyone, so all not, the way know, back from my rookie year in '96. I mean, we lost that Super Bowl, but still, you got the conference championship T-shirt and uh, uh, I think the division also. But yeah, you save them, you save them, absolutely. So not just the rings, but we got the swag too. We got the drip, mm-hmm. as the kids say these days. It's important. We got the drip, absolutely. Nice. Mementos, their skins almost, like as Bill Parcells would say, I got on the skin. Um, so, Teddy, I, I always like to me, Championship Sunday is the best day of the entire year. Like the divisional round is the best weekend because you have two games, both two days. But to me, Championship Sunday is the best. And I always say this, and you've heard me say it it's four teams, two games, and one dream. And I almost feel like, and, and I, I don't, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but like you've experienced both of these feelings. I, I almost feel like losing on Championship Sunday is somehow maybe even worse than losing in the Super Bowl because any competitor just wants the opportunity, right? Give me yeah. an opportunity to show out on that stage. And if you lose on Sunday, it's like you were this close to having the opportunity of a lifetime and it was just snatched away from you. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, you got to have the perspective of losing both times. And, yeah. I mean, I, I've i lost in every round of the playoffs. And I can, I mean, lost and won in every round of the playoffs. And I can definitely say this one hurts more than, than losing the Super Bowl because I've got perspective now of the two teams that I was on that lost the Super Bowl that still, I know that team accomplished something. And we had a shot to become world champions. We didn't just it. We just didn't finish it. But to lose this weekend, 
you didn't even get that shot. Wow, that's interesting. So that's interesting that's what hurts so much because you know, as you walk off the field, where that team's going and the game that they're going to be and the two weeks to celebrate, you know, who you are as a team and the chance to win the world championship. So not even to have that chance is it's really demoralizing to lose. Like when, when the, my 06 team lost to Peyton in that AFC championship game when shoot, yeah. we were. I mean, we were up on to three by four. Yeah, yeah. 18, they came 18 back. points, 21 to three after the Asante Samuel pick six. They came back and and that was just, it's just a devastating loss. I mean, because they were going on to play the Chicago Bears and it was like, all right, enjoy your world championship. We, yeah. <laughs> either of us beat that team. <laughs> 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 you did it, Peyton. Sexy Rexy wasn't doing it for Sexy Rexy wasn't doing it for for Teddy that year. No. <laughs> oh man, that is. Uh, I feel bad for Chicago fans, man. They've had a tough, tough go of it with uh, the quarterback position. But Trey, it almost sounds like that mentality is like the same as like when you leave a putt short, right? Like you yeah. never want to leave a putt short. You never had a chance to go in. That means it's kind of yeah, the, same, well, the same thought process. A putt for the Masters Championship. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe for the U.S. Open a green jacket. You mean it's not it's not the same as me on a not the same as me on a public course trying to trying to hit my fourth putt on the same green? It's not me screwing around out here on the plantation course. It's not the same. So let's let's look at these games here because Teddy. I'm glad you brought up that that uh, 06 game, the AFC Championship game, because as good as the the Colts were, and as and as good as the coach as Tony Dungy was, it just felt like you guys in New England were just you lived inside Peyton's head, and you lived inside Tony's head to some degree. And you know, I'll never forget the the divisional round where that game it snowed just in Foxborough. Like I was at that game with Chappie. We went to that game. It didn't snow anywhere else. It just snowed at the stadium at Foxborough. And, you know, that was the year after they changed the rules for pass interference and the, the Patriot the Patriot rules, they called yep, it. Yep. And then you were like, hey, man, change rules. Come on in here. You still have to play us. And it felt like you guys knew that you had a mental edge over those guys. And I kind of feel like that's in play this weekend with Kyle Shanahan and mm. San Francisco over the Rams. Because no matter – you know how it is if you have brothers, right? If you're the little brother, you're always the little brother. And the big brother is always the big brother. I kind of feel like Kyle Shanahan is still that big brother to Sean McVay and to some degree, Matt LaFleur, because they were assistants under him in Washington. And it's like, I'm still I'm still your boss. And I feel like that's in play this weekend in SoFi Stadium in the NFC title game. Yeah, and I can you can almost feel how Shanahan must be feeling, because if he goes there in there and get it and he can say you even got every single player you wanted you know what i mean in terms of the quarterback the the uh, the rusher i mean the the cornerback and jalen ramsey and you still couldn't do it Mm. so there's a definite i own you type of feeling going into this game i know the niners have won like six straight but six in a row six in a row but but this this is this is the trip to the super bowl on the line you can squash all of those if you get it if you're the Rams. so there's there's a lot on the line with this for for these these two i mean it's i mean it's you're not it's not your brother or anything like that but definitely you feel the similarities in terms of the history of of, of where they come from yeah it, it's you know it's interesting because kyle shanahan mcveigh lafleur one of them and sometimes both of them have been in each of the last four nfc championship games 
right? And that's an example wow, we had yeah. this weekend is, is uh, Shanahan and McVay. You, you've played against that Shanahan system, going back to Mike Shanahan's days with the Broncos and, and, and so on. And now you've seen it on film in this new version between the two of them. What makes it so difficult to stop? Like, why, why is there so much success with this outside, outside zone run and, and, and everything they do? You know, I would say with all the, the, the smoke and mirrors that they put, if you will, in yeah, terms of the point. motions and the shifts and all the alignments and things like that, once you get all that deciphered in your head de defensively, you still got to remember this is just old school in terms of in terms of who it is so i mean they're, they're gonna come right at you trent williams they put him at fullback i mean they put their best runner in debo samuel back there can i let me, let me ask you a question teddy that go you see trent williams best left tackle in the game right step back in that backfield you're sitting there at the mic what is going through your what is going through your mind at that at that moment well, I mean, it was, I mean, that outside linebacker, I mean, you, you scrape over there and you see Trent Williams coming over on, I think it was a power like play that they ran. It's yeah. almost like they call it the cockroach technique. <laughs> you get down and you just sort of squat on the ground and you're like, just let him come over the top. And then you come out the end and hopefully, hopefully he doesn't run you over, but you got to get low and you got to be down to those kneecaps for that guy. Cause that guy was special all year. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we made a comment about the Bears and, and Rex Grossman in the year they, they went up against Manning. And Trey, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, too, because you've been you know seeing this all over social media and such. But Jimmy Garoppolo sometimes gets pigeonholed into that same tier of, of type of quarterback, right? Like the 49ers are always an elite quarterback away, it seems. But that locker room seems to rally around him. What are, you, what are both of your guys' opinions on, on Jimmy G and his ability to get them maybe over the hump? Well, you know, listen, Jimmy, Jimmy is in that, and I'll, I'll let Teddy speak for himself, but to me, Jimmy is in that sort of tier where he's sort of a yeah, but quarterback, for lack mm -hmm. of a better term. It's like, yeah, but. Like, they won that championship game, the NFC title game two years ago, with him basically a non-factor. They threw it eight times. It's not that he can't make the throws or or can't make, and he made some great throws in that win over over uh, the Green Bay Packers. You know, one yeah. Kittle drop that would have been a touchdown early on in the game. But he also is prone to those one or two things that you just don't want your quarterback to do. And it's just this weird thing because the, the 49ers, I think, with Jimmy as a starting quarterback, because I do not believe wins and losses are a quarterback stat, as you guys know, mm. with him under in center, his the 49ers, profile. I think are, yeah, exactly. I think they're 45 and 18. And they're like six and nine hundred with every every other quarterback that right. Kyle Shanahan has had. But I don't think that's more about Jimmy. It's about how bad the other backup quarterbacks are. Mm. Jimmy is is that he's he's a Teddy for lack of a better term. He's for a draft pick. He's like a tweener, right? Is he this or is he that? And, and it just seems like we never are fully understanding of what he actually is. Yeah, and how how you know detrimental will be the mistake that he makes be. Um, right. And can the Niners mm. overcome it? Because there seems like there's always going to be one. I mean, the, the one interception in the red area was was huge yeah. last week. Right but before the half, the, yeah. Yeah, the Niners overcame it, you know. And, man, but Jimmy's shown me things this year that, I mean, at times, at times, he can be the guy that makes right. the throw. I mean, a majority of his throws are going to be to Kittle and to Debo, but you got to tackle those guys is one thing. But still, once in a while, he'll just throw it into a team meeting. And you just got to catch it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
if he avoids that, I mean, can the 49ers win the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I think they can. I think they can. It's just yeah. that, you know, how is it going to be? Is it going to be carried by the defense or is he going is, is to avoid the big mistake? Well, look, I, I brought this guy up in the open. Um, and this is the guy that I, I always kind of think of, of when I watch Jimmy G is Jay Fiedler. Right. Jay Feeler is a guy that you played against and he was a guy who could make throws. He could manage the offense, manage the game, but he wasn't Dan Marino. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Is that a is that a fair comparison based on, you know, who, you, you, you've played against Jay Feeler a number of times in your career? Man, your Dolphin fandom is just reading yeah. out. Right yeah, now. I mean, but I mean, this, <laughs> I think Jimmy Jimmy has been in games that I don't think Feeler was. I mean, he, he did end up That's doing correct. enough to take them to a Super Bowl. And was he one throw away, the one down the middle? I mean, he didn't want to look yeah. at that. But um, I mean, maybe Jimmy's been on better teams, of course, yes. But in terms of Feeler, I think Garoppolo is still, and he's had such bigger moments and opportunities to shine under. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's get to uh let's get to the other game because we're we're coming off a game Teddy where Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen were Ali and Frazier in yeah. their heyday. That was yeah. in for Good my money the way. most remarkable ending or even just the entire game. It was just the most remarkable football experience I can remember having as a fan. As you're watching those last 2 minutes, did you come away with the idea that we just watched the Super Bowl champion whoever won that game? Uh, the Super Bowl champion, no. But I, what I thought was, I don't know if the Super Bowl will be this good mm. yeah. um, in terms of the game. Um, you know, Mahomes still has to go through some some pretty good teams to to get there. If you were to do it, Burrow. I mean, the Bengals, of course, and then either the Niners or the Rams. That's you know that's possible. But still, I mean, it is about that game was just mind blowing to me. I don't know if, if you I'll ever see anything like that again. Thirteen seconds. It, and, you, and you let that happen when basically squib kick it, squib yeah, yeah. kick it. You're going to be fine. It'll take five seconds off the clock. Trust your kickoff coverage and go from there. And sometimes in those situations, just the littlest things get overlooked. And you can talk about the the route to kid to um, Kelsey or the route to Hill, but it was it was about that squib kick that wasn't executed. Yeah. Well, listen, and Teddy is perfect to, for this because no team was better at situational football mm. than the Patriots of the aughts. You know, the 03, the, the Super yeah. Bowl champions from 38, 39. You guys set the record at that time winning, what, 24 games in a row. 21. You just always knew that when it came time to win, the Patriots would make the play necessary to win based on the situation. Right. And I think what you just described is is – the issue in Buffalo. Like we have, we can have the conversation about the overtime rule and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, weirdly, ironically, coincidentally, the, the Chiefs wanted to change it after the 2018 AFC championship game where the coin yeah. went to Brady and the Patriots and they didn't touch the ball and it didn't get enough support from enough teams, including Buffalo, who who so it, it was tabled, it didn't even get to a vote. But it's it's situational football. And, and to me, that's the difference in that game because the the Bills for whatever reason, did not understand the situation. And that's why they find themselves at home this weekend and not playing. How many seconds does it take to squib kick a football? How many will be taken off the clock? Will it, it, it break up the momentum of a kickoff return? All you got to do is have solid coverage all the way to point where 
I mean, how many seconds do you have where you can throw an incompletion and when it lands rather than, you know, sort of punting, you know, all those, those various situations, coaches go over and coaches know, but, you know, making the call and pressurized situations is something that often just doesn't get executed. Yeah. And so, look, we, so let's talk one second, Brett. Let's let's talk yeah. about Mahomes here for a second because Teddy's had the 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 seat all season long, and the, the Chiefs have been a roller coaster ride. You know, uh, they start out with with a win as they always do against the, the Cleveland Browns, and then they have their struggles, and they find themselves at three and four with some turnovers. And I I remember thinking this was very to me because I I. I'm not trying to blow my own horn, but I never wavered. I'm like, wait a minute, you're telling me that you're not going to believe in Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, the only head coach with 100 wins for two different franchises? Yeah. You're going to think that's not a thing? Um, so we have, it on, we have of, it on tape, by the way, Trey. Like, I can attest yeah. you're never wavering. We have it every I was, episode. I was sort of perplexed by how many people were just giving up on that quarterback and this guy, and it reminded me a lot of the 2014 Patriots who on that Monday night game – they go to Kansas City and they got blown out. And everybody, Teddy, everybody's like, this is the end of the dynasty. Brady looks old. Belichick yeah. was out coached. And yeah. I remember on NFL Live that week, we said, let's let's pump the brakes. Pump let's, the not brakes judge, let's not judge a Patriots team seven games into the season in October. We'll judge them in December and January. And they went on to win the Super Bowl that year. And it, it, I feel like people forgot or just I just I couldn't understand why they were so ready to just just dismiss three years of excellence over a three-game stretch it drove me crazy yeah and it was it was it wasn't really the problems with the Chiefs it was I think it was Mahomes mentality where he just had to understand that you know every play is not a touchdown so he had to just sort of come to the grips mentally of you know, uh, taking a profit, you know, you won't go broke. The old quarterback right. saying, and he started to learn that and he started to trust that. And that it's in the growth process as a quarterback. I mean, the guy hasn't been in the league for 15 years now. We got to remember that. So he's got to understand there are other ways to learn that. But of course, with him and Andy and Eric Bieniemy, they were going to get it. They were going to get it solved. And they did. Yeah. And look, a few weeks ago, we saw what we're about to see on Sunday, right? We saw Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs go, you know, touchdown for touchdown with the Cincinnati Bengals and, and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's another quarterback on the rise, this young AFC quarterback revolution that we're seeing. Based on what you saw from, from the Bills and the Chiefs and what we saw from the Bengals and the Titans, Trey and Teddy, do you think we're going to see a game between the, the, the Chiefs and the Bengals that's going to be close? It looks like, they headed in a little bit of opposite directions once the playoffs started. Yeah, well, the last matchup was somewhat recent, and you know it did come down to the wire that that strained situational football oh that God, was played so at plays, the end. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, did, was he was he was he trying to score? Was he not trying to score? <laughs> but how they took it all down for the last second field goal was that was fascinating to watch. But Burrow is starting to get in that conversation of of not count him out you know especially with yeah. those receivers that he has and 
I've never seen, I mean, mean, just the way that he just threw it up to chase in that game, man. Third and 27. They converted a third and 27 (laughs) in that game. And Chase is catching it up here and then waving it around like, I mean, I don't care how long you've been in the league, son. I'm just playing with you. So they've got that type of swagger and that that confidence that, you know, I don't know if if, if it's not going to be Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes again, but it'll be a great game, I think. Okay. Yeah, the, the thing the thing for me in this one, like if you go back to that week 17 game, the Chiefs at one point were up 14 to nothing. They were up 21 to 7. Yeah. They were up 28 to 17. And then they had a, a kick return for a touchdown called back on a hold right before the half that would have made it 35 to 7. I I feel like the Chiefs sort of got comfortable in that game and then mm-hmm. played sort of loose in the second half. I don't think that's going to be the case this this weekend. And totally agree. Yeah. And there's something, Teddy, to the idea of the magic, right? Like you guys knew you you don't come in. You're not going to beat us in Foxborough. When you guys were at your apex, you're like, you're not coming here. And Mahomes is seven and one. The Chiefs, let me be clear. The Chiefs with Mahomes as their quarterback are seven (laughs) and one in the postseason. And the only loss was the D Ford game where he lined up in the neutral zone, negating the game's uh, clinching interception of Brady with 120 to play. I just, I don't. I'm not saying it's not going to be a good game, but I'm like, okay, until I see someone take them out at Arrowhead, like I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Yeah, and I saw, I saw a little bit of um, confusion with the offensive line because when you're in a you're in a place and there's so much noise, like even in Tennessee, their right guard has to flash that hand forward like this mm. to mm-hmm. tell that center it's time to snap. And there was a little bit of confusion with all the noise going there. I mean, Kansas City's crowd is is going to be noisier than the Tennessee crowd. Now, yeah. I think that's going to be a, an experience that that Joe's going to remember. I mean, it it can, geez, it can go either way. I know. I mean, these are these are plays that can these are explosive offenses that can score from anywhere. But I mean, that home field advantage you're talking about, Trey, that's real, and I believe in it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, Joe Joe said something this week. He's like, "Well, SEC stadiums were louder than NFL stadiums," and he's right, except for Arrowhead. Except for New Orleans and except for yes. Seattle, so like Agreed. you go back to that cow, you go back to that Cowboys game this year, and none of the Cowboys had been to Arrowhead before. They were as a turnover, three penalties, all all because of the crowd noise. Like you have to deal with that, and if you have a, a, a line that's coming in that gave up a record time nine sacks the week before. There are going to be problems that they're going to have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I was at Arrowhead week one. Week one, not the AFC Championship game, because I, you know, Lucas Niang is also one of my guys. And it was the first time I was ever there. That crowd noise, guys, I mean, Teddy, you've played there. It, it, it actually hurts. Like, there's a, there's, a, there's a time where it's, like, not comfortable to, to, to be in it. I can only imagine trying to perform at the highest levels of athleticism in that environment.